right here on The Ref with Josh Howard. I'm Chris Plank. It is an absolutely, positively perfect day in Hawaii. Tell me if you've heard that before, Josh. Have you ever heard anyone refer to a day in Hawaii as being a perfect day or what? Uh, I think your last trip to Hawaii, I remember you describing it as such. <laughs> well, this is my first, so maybe it was Mexico that I was talking about. It was amazing. <laughs> um, hey, this is this is pretty funny. Uh, I, I don't know. I've been in a fight this morning for a broadcast location, in case you can't tell. And the problem is that I this this concern arose whenever I quickly realized this morning that anything from my room is not going to work. It's just, it's four in the morning here whenever I get rolling. Um, I Even a phone call that I made this morning when I was on with Toby, just on a phone call, made my neighbors mad with me. So it quickly became obvious that I was going to need an area, right? In the business center, Josh, so you think about this. Just, just think about this time-wise, all right? It is... As of now, like this is a normal time. It's 7 a.m. now in, in Hawaii. So everyone's kind of starting their day, right? 7 a.m. Since I've started this A show and B search for the proper place to try to do the show from, I have been efforting to get into the business center here inside the Hyatt Waikiki Beach, if that's even where we are. I don't know. So... There was, I, I brought it up earlier, there was a girl who was in here, and I honestly think she was, like, gaming the whole time, dude. Because, and I, you know, by, it's not a huge area, but I've been kind of finding different spots near the show, scouting out locations. We got here too late to do it. So I'm kind of walking around, taking in everything here. Uh, and I'll sit down and do a segment with you, pull my notes out, and then I'll get up and go find somewhere else. And so I know the girl was going. I was like, oh, great. Well, I'm in the middle of the segment. It kind of takes a little bit to get in here. you got to get your key out. And then I noticed there's a dude in here, right? And, and so this dude, normal guy, right? And, but again, it's, it's like 5 in the morning here. And, well, 6 in the morning. And he's in here, and I walk by, and I start to come, and I'm like, uh, you know, I'm going to do my show. I'm going to talk when be loud. And tell me this isn't shady. As soon as I like, try to, because I didn't see him in here, as soon as I walk in the door, Josh, the first thing he does is he takes his monitor and, like, jumps in front of his monitor and hides it. Like, whoa. And I was like, sorry, my bad. And I walked out. Boy, that is uncomfortable. Right? And then, like, when he was leaving, I happened to be standing here. I was like, hey. I mean, what? And, and again, I know some might say, well, Plank, maybe they're spreadsheets or sensitive information. Yeah, but how am I going to see a spreadsheet or something on Excel from the moment I walk into a room when a dude is all the way across yeah, an actual I don't know that there was an Excel spreadsheet on that uh, monitor. What in the world is going on here? Anyway. I'm worried uh, that something a little more dastardly was taking place. Well, I I can't help but wonder if he kind of wakes up and he's like, he's down in the office center. I'm going to play on the internet i'm gonna watch the things my wife and family won't let me watch but uh start to the morning for the plank show weird weird i think is a good way to put it uh, okay uh, real quick we're, we're gonna hit the top five stories today coming up we're gonna do it in our next segment uh the sooner team today is uh, there's not much going on um from a play perspective does that make any sense in other words this is a team that today is going to practice 
and then they've got a few events. We're gonna we're leaving the hotel here as soon as we're off the air, and then as soon as we leave the hotel, gosh, Josh, I think I think we're gonna be gone for most of the day. So it's gonna be a pretty uh, busy slash fun day, and I'm excited about it. But not much as far as games. I get to watch practice for the first time uh, this year, so I'm pretty excited about that. But it is without a doubt um, a day of acclamation for the Sooners. Meanwhile, it's job interview part two for some and part one for others. What's kind of caught your eye from Pro Day so far? Anything? You know, I, I, I don't know. I mean, I nothing specific maybe, but uh, I, I thought Jeremiah Hall, the 4-7-9-40 he ran was good for him. I just – I think – Kennedy Brooks, a 35-and-a-half-inch vertical, is impressive to combine with the time that he ran at the Combine. I think Kennedy Brooks is somebody that's solidly worked himself into a second-sort second of day type selection maybe. So I think both of those two guys have uh, helped themselves out a lot. Obviously, Perion and DeLaren Turner yelled. They didn't feel that it was necessary to participate today. So – but. It's always fun this this time of year, and then we're not too far away, 50 days away from the draft itself. Yeah, no, it's right around the corner. I mean, it's – we're but, you know, we're, we're seven days away, Josh, from the start of the free agency period, too. So there's a part of me that can help but wonder, okay, how is that going to affect you know what, what some of these teams' needs are when it comes to the draft, right? How is – Denver going out and getting Russell Wilson, and now Seattle sitting in that top ten spot, right? I, I I think of it from this perspective: is it is it a top ten now where you suddenly think Seattle is going to get their quarterback? Is it a top ten pick now where you think Seattle is just going to you know try to they can to continue to, to to build a team and maybe they've got to move? What if? Here's a question for you. What if Seattle uses this litany of picks that it has now and turns around and tries to go get a Deshaun Watson? Apparently Pittsburgh's hot on the trail, too, for Deshaun Watson, if you look at some of the reports out there. I mean, to you, Josh Helmer, is that considered to be – I don't want to say anything is, is necessarily a step up from Russell Wilson, but if you're Seattle now, you're sitting with the ninth pick in the first round after having traded away <laughs> traded away your pick, which would have ended up being the uh, tenth pick to the Jets and Jamal Adams. So technically the, Bronco, uh, the, the Seahawks, that they had never dealt for Jamal Adams, moved up one spot in the draft. You're sitting with a, a, a couple of nice extra second-round picks now. But would you then turn and maybe try to turn that into Deshaun Watson right now? Is that a risk that you'd be willing to take? Depends on the price tag, and it depends on really this Friday, right? How does that go? What What is the feeling going to look like around that? I just I, – I don't I don't know how you can make a deal for Deshaun Watson unless there's caveat, caveats in the deal that say – you're, you're getting return compensation if it doesn't work out. And what team's going to – I mean, are the Texans going to make that deal? Yeah. Um, I think the Texans make a deal. But I just 
I don't know, Josh, what the asking price could be, right? I just don't know. Um, you know, what Seattle got for Russell Wilson, to me, there's a part of it that's like, that's, ex- that's exorbitant. That's a lot, right? I mean, don't, am, am I crazy? I don't know if you're going to get even near that for Deshaun Watson. And now you almost feel like in the eyes of the Houston Texans, the market has been set. And then if they don't, but if they don't deal him, what are they going to do? Are they just going to sit on his contract for the better part of the next, you know, three years and not let him play because he's mad at everyone? You've got to deal with him through Houston. Yeah, they they need to get him out of there, and they need to unfortunately probably just bite the bullet on this deal a little bit. It's it's unclear when or if Deshaun Watson is going to be playing football in the National Football League again. So I think for them, if you can get one first-round draft pick, boom, you're done. If you can get a second-rounder, boom, you're done. You're not getting a Russell Wilson return back. You're not because nobody knows if Deshaun Watson is going to be able to play in the National Football League. We don't know how his situation is going to turn out. Sure, you could look back and if Deshaun Watson gets some – finality to this and is able to play again then it's going to not necessarily look all that great for the Houston Texans but how long are you willing to just continue to sit and sit and wait and have that hovering over your franchise yeah it's impossible it's impossible all right I I found everything I need finally finally all right here's here's who's going through today today that hasn't done anything yet LeRon Stokes that's it Everyone else that's involved in Pro Day today for Oklahoma was at the Combine. Um, Asamoah did his bench press at 23 reps. Nick Benito did 22 reps and ran a three-cone drill in a 707. Uh, you mentioned Kennedy Brooks not running the 40, but the shuttle time. Jeremiah Hall did rerun his 40, ran a 479. He did the vertical, the 23 shuttle, and the three-cone drill. Um, Marquise Hayes stood on his 40 time. Tyrese Robinson reran at a 513. Meanwhile, Isaiah Thomas, Delaren Turner, Yell, Perrion Winfrey, um, all did a pass on the running drills. Isaiah Thomas was the only one that did anything. He did 23 on the bench, which is huge for him. Mike uh, Mike Woods did the vertical, uh, vertical, the 20, the shuffle, the 20 yard shuttle, and uh, the three cone drill. And uh, so, I, Laron Stokes is really the only guy that's kind of gone through everything. Because if I'm understanding this correctly, and maybe we'll check in with. Um, with with Teddy, I don't know if Teddy's on the coverage today. I only see Josh three guys that ran the forty today. I see Jeremiah Hall, Tyrese Robinson, and Laron Stokes. And Robinson and Hall had to rerun it because their time was was poor at the combine. Stokes had to run it because he hadn't run it yet. And Mike and Laron Stokes ran a four nine forty, which is pretty good for him. But am I seeing all this right? That it looks like Stokes is really the only guy that's doing everything and. Honestly, there's not a dude that is doing every single drill because Stokes didn't even do the three-cone. And LaRon Stokes was the one of this group of Sooners that wasn't invited to the NFL Combine, so it would make sense that he's going through and doing every last event here that he possibly can do. And you're right, yeah, it's just those three, Hall, Robinson, and Stokes that ran the 40. Unreal. Unreal. What a weird pro day then, right? I mean, that is an absolutely, positively weird pro day because you don't have – I mean, I don't really know is – are we losing our minds? Is the NFL Network doing any quarterbacks pro day live, Josh, that you've heard of? Are they headed to Liberty? Are they going to Pitt? 
Are they? I mean, I haven't heard anything. There's not that quarterback that everyone wants to see, like like there was last year with three or four guys, like there was with with Joey Burrow and uh, the other guys in 2020. You know, I, I, I think about Baker in 17, Sam Bradford, whenever he was. I don't know if we're going to have that this year as far as a, a quarterback in front of Maybe Malik Willis at Liberty, right? I would think so because a lot of people maybe aren't as familiar since he plays at Liberty. Uh, national broadcast here or there a little bit. You can get what you can get out of film, but you'd like that to show a little bit more about the young man that, again, is not on a Power 5 type stage. All right. So there you go. There's our update from what's going on over at Oklahoma. I would assume then, is it all done? Is everything over? It's got to, yeah, if it's not, it's got to be real close. Huh. Interesting. What a weird pro day. But again, for the people, the guys that needed to show something, you hope that they showed enough. You know, um, and for the guy. They decided to say, I hope they stay. Sorry, go ahead, Josh. No, my apologies. You, you know what was also sort of an interesting happening at Oklahoma's Pro Day today? What's that? Do you know who was throwing the football to Mike Woods? No, who was it? J.P. J. Lossman. <laughs> when I say J.P. Lossman, what do you think of? Like, what's the first team that, you, that comes to mind when you think of J.P. Lossman? The Buffalo Bills. Huh, how about that? I think Tulane. I also think about um, the Oakland Raiders when he was there in 2009. And I'll have to double-check, but I think J.P. Lossman, teammate of Teddy Lehman's with the Las Vegas Locomotives. I think. I think that may have been the case. But how about that? He hasn't been in the league since 2011. That blew my mind. I felt like J.P. Lossman was just there last year. I know. That's, way, those, that's a little frightening. crazy. For those who don't know, J.P. Lossman this year is helping out uh, at Oklahoma. He has spent since 2017 with Clemson. He was a coaching intern. He was an offensive analyst. Last year he was the senior offensive analyst, and now he's at Oklahoma, which is one of those low-key, big-time gets. Big-time. And, oh, by the way, um, he did. he's done this before in 2019. Uh, he was taking part in throwing drills at Clemson Pro Day. In fact, Josh, in 2019, when J.P. Lossman was throwing at Clemson's Pro Day, he was asked by an NFL scout if he would consider returning to the league despite not having played since 2011. He declined. How about that? That'd be pretty cool. You haven't done something for a decade, or at least in that case, eight years, and then all of a sudden you're throwing at a drill and a coach like, damn. This guy still got some pop. JP, come do it. Come play. No, I'm retired. It's all good. <laughs> I've been retired for about seven, eight years now. I think I'm good. Thanks. You know what's even? I mean, there's not even there's not even a lot of buzz on like Sooner Twitter about pro day today. I mean, literally nothing from the guys that I follow. Weird. What a weird pro day, Josh. What a weird pro day. All right, um, let's get a quick break. When we come back, we'll hit the top five stories today. We'll hustle through them as we get set for a, I don't know, another shoe to drop in the NFL. We'll talk about the Russell Wilson move and what might be next. Next, right here on The Ref. Hour number three, it's the Plank Show. Josh Elmer alongside, of course, Chris Plank. And as always, 
Hour number three, top five stories of the day. It's brought to us by Rooftech of Oklahoma, locally owned and operated for 30 years. Give Josh Tucker at Rooftech a call for all of your roofing needs. 405-703-4245, where they guarantee the highest quality workmanship in the roofing industry. All right, before we hit the top five stories of the day, get you caught up on anything and everything that you may have missed in the world of sports, we've got Bill who has dialed us up on the law offices of Rod Polston, Oklahoma Tax Resolution Line. Bill, uh, what's going on? Good morning. Nothing much. Uh, OU's going to go to the SEC. When do you think they'll go? Gosh, that's a great question. <laughs> All right, Josh. If Let I me said, ask: Is there a the, the buy? They had to pay eighty million. Does the longer they stay, does that figure go down? No. Or does it stay the same? It stays the same. It's it's not a. From my understanding, there might be negotiations that are currently taking place. But Bill, Josh, from my understanding, that number stays the same. And the and the only way that it changes. The only way that it changes is if they um, is if they pay. I mean, it's not one of those. It's gonna the longer you stay, that number decreases by any stretch of the imagination. No, nope, no, it's a straight up buyout. So then it doesn't matter when they really go. It's just the, when they want to go. Right. Well, they're gonna have if they to have if they have the funds and want to spend. I mean, to me, I want Here's my thought, Bill. I want to get to the SEC as soon as possible if I'm Oklahoma and Texas. But I'm also wanting to ramp up all of my budgets, my facilities, and my spending so that I'm in place to where once I get there, I'm ready to hit the ground running in football, in baseball. I, I know that I'm, I, I know that I'm, I feel pretty good about where we're going in in, in softball, about you know, hitting the ground running, but you, there's still, obviously, with Love's Field, you, you want to have that done. Um, with basketball, men's and women's. So, to me, I don't mind the wait for a couple of years. And you also save the, what, $80 million that you don't have to spend. I might be looking at this wrong. I might have a warped perspective on it, Bill. As much as I want to be there, I'm not like, hey, let's get there tomorrow. Let's go. I want to make sure everything's at a good spot. And, well, I, I, you know, I, I, start, agree with you. I start thinking, Bill, about when this might happen. I've been pretty staunch that I think it's happening after this season, but I'm starting to come around to the idea that I'm not so I'm not so certain that's going to happen. Plank, the ESPN SEC deal starts in what 2024. Mm-hmm. I think that's sort of what you're targeting. Well, you know, I kind of agree. I think it also it gives football is your biggest revenue maker. It gives Brent some time to get his why he wants to run the program, get the players in that he wants, and get them suited to playing in the SEC a little more time. So I'm not in no hurry. I was just wondering if that $80 million. So no matter when they go, they're going to have to cough it up. Yeah, yeah no, Bill, thanks for your phone call. That, that's actually a right. really, really good question. Really good question. Because, you know, I think that sometimes in life, Right, there might be something that it, sports is a good example, right? Your buyout decreases as a football player as you're with the team longer. If the Eagles would have moved on from Carson Wentz after what his his second season or third season, whatever it was, it first started becoming obvious that maybe Carson Wentz is the problem, 
then it was like a $30 million dead cap hit. The next year, it's not, right? It's like five. There's nothing like that in this city. It is an 80, whatever that number is, million out. And Josh, it doesn't matter if you leave the year before or if you leave now. That n- My understanding, that number is going to be the same. Now, Josie might text me and say, actually, uh, but I, I don't think that's the case. I think that number stays the same. Yeah, that's that's something I would need to dig into, too. I thought that it, it did go down as there were less years left on the contract. So. I, I thought if there was one year left, they wouldn't owe as much because, again, there's just the one year left on the deal, and they're you know technically only costing the other schools X amount of dollars because there's only so much left on that TV grant of rights deal. But I, like I said, I don't know for certain, but here's the other part. I, I wonder if I'm the Big 12, I wonder if they're more apt to want to start anew sooner as well. Not, pardon the pun, but you know, listen, let's just do the top five of the news according to Josh together. I should bottom the eye. Yeah. In, in tandem. Right. In tandem, right. So maybe if you look at this, from the perspective of the Big 12, Josh. Maybe the Big 12 looks at it and says, all right, it's, it, we, we, want to, we want to end up in a situation where we're ready to start anew. Now, what they're going to get in their new TV deal might be not nearly what they're going to get now, minus Oklahoma and Texas, but in that same vein, Maybe they say, all right, we've got to start anew. We, we've, we've got to get going in our new image. We've got to get UCF in here. We've got to get BYU in here. We've got to go. Maybe they, maybe they do. I don't know. But it's, it, it doesn't seem to me, at least in what I've been reading here, 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 here here's an update from Sikkim 365. Um, they had an update at the start of 2021. And there was the addition of BYU, UCF, and Houston to the Big 12. Uh, concerns have calmed about the future of the league, but there is, there is new information continuing to surface as the Big 12 is looking at its option for a Chapter 2 with expansion. So maybe in that instance, they go ahead and let Oklahoma and Texas out with a little bit less of a penalty and they go ahead and move on, and they want to bring in, say, a 13th and a 14th team, including uh, maybe a Memphis could be in that mix. Now, again, that's a, that's a little bit of an older report. You know, that was from the start of the season. You know, I can rephrase that. That was from the start of the, the whole mindset that, you know, they've got four new teams that are coming in. But – I don't, I don't see anything that would lead me to believe that those – again, like I said, I'm not ready to die on this hill right now. That would lead me to believe that they're going to get any less money as they wait longer. So they're still going to pay them a lot of money, I guess, is the point. If they decide to leave early in the end, right? Right, yeah. And I think eventually we are getting to that point. But I've come around to the idea that I'm not so certain Oklahoma and Texas are in the SEC in 2023. I think start of 2024. Yeah, I agree. Um, 
all the word, there's so many different wordings and phrasings on this too. When you're trying to dig and find out, all right, does that number go down? Well, um, everywhere you leave, it's like through the entity of the contract, the penalty would be eighty million dollars. Uh, you have to give eighteen months notice, pay a hefty exit fee, which is equivalent to two years of revenue distribution, um, and that number would be eighty based on where they are right now. If they just wait till it expires, then it's not. So I don't. I'm kind of. I'm glad Bill brought it up. Cause I hadn't thought about it in a while, but I do. I do wonder, Josh. I do wonder maybe if even the Big Twelve kind of looks up and says, you know, with the what is it now three years remaining on this deal, we need to start showcasing the country what our league is going to look like, because in every TV conversation that they're having right now. I would imagine there still is this, that's great, you showed us these numbers that a UCF was able to do, but you're also losing two of your bigger TV draws. And I know that this that Oklahoma State fans get mad, and they say, we were right up there, and you're right, you're right. But there's also that draw of knowing who's in your league and the value of having Texas and Oklahoma. And I would think that they would want to get on to, hey, here's what this league is still going to be exciting, it's still going to be talked about, it's still going to be in the mindset of ESPNs in the college football world, pay us money to still put our games on Fox, pay us a lot of money, or get in a bidding war with CBS to get our games on, whatever it might be. I mean, they, they've, got to, they've got to start planning for the future. And you know Bob Bowlesby is trying to work that in some way, shape, or form, what that number financially is going to look like for him where it's not a $40 million haircut. Is there any chance Oklahoma and Texas legitimately honor the duration of the grant of rides? I don't think so. I don't think so. But I've been wrong on this the whole way, Josh. The whole way on this, I've been wrong, right? I thought that the, the I thought the Big Twelve would end up having to disassemble, right? I didn't realize that the Pac-12 wasn't going to get on the offensive. I thought, I mean, all the Oklahoma State people were telling me the Big Ten was knocking on their door. I didn't think that there was a way that the Big 12 would survive, and Bob Bowlesby continues to prove me wrong. Um, I didn't think that there was a chance that the American wouldn't be able to become more of a player in keeping some of its teams, and they weren't even close. I mean, there wasn't even a second thought, right? Was, was there ever a moment in any report where you heard from Houston or Cincinnati people that are like, ah, you know, we're, we're mulling, sticking around, or UCF? No! No, it was, see you later, goodbye, we're going to the Big 12. (laughs) I mean, immediately. So it's just, in in all of this, everything that I kind of thought might play out hasn't really played out like I thought it would. So, I mean, I sit there and I look at this, and I think $80 is a lot to spend. But then again, maybe Joe Castiglione and Chris Del Conte, maybe, I didn't think, and and this is just me, it's always hostile on the road when you're Oklahoma. I didn't think it was much worse anywhere this year than it had been in years past in the SEC. That's me. And I don't even feel like it's been brought up during basketball season, right? So maybe you look at that and you realize, all right, let's let's try to do everything we can to get out now. Because, you know, you stay longer, maybe that starts to bubble and simmer a little bit. I don't know. But I sure don't think they're still going to be in the Big 12 whenever that contract expires i just i can't fathom it in my mind yeah like i said i swung the miss on a lot of reports on this and if you're planning on paying the buyout at some point if you're not planning on honoring the full 
remaining three years on the grant of rights, it, it the, the reason I asked, would you wind up just actually honoring the duration of it? It's hard to imagine Oklahoma playing in a 14-team Big 12 conference. That doesn't seem very likely. And that would happen, what, starting next season? Yes. Okay, but it's, it's also, Plank, it's hard to imagine this, too. I'm saying that I don't know that they're going to be in the SEC until that ESPN deal with the SEC kicks in. But if we're saying that, I mean, think about this. Then you're at the point to where it's you kind of get to where you look at it and you say, okay, but we've only got one more deal and then we don't owe anything. One more year and we don't owe anything. So if it gets to that point, I mean, do you think about just sticking around? Maybe. I was told by a very prominent that there was no way in hell Oklahoma would ever play in what would be a 14-team Big 12 with the new teams coming in and Oklahoma having a schedule. I was told there was no way in hell that would ever happen. So you can take that for Who knows? Maybe the person that told me isn't there anymore. Maybe, maybe he or she is. Maybe she's uh, had to soften that stance. Maybe she's had to soften it. I don't know. But that was something that whenever it was broached was, yeah, that ain't happening. But that was also six months ago. So who knows? All right, it's, Bill, I appreciate you bringing this up. As you can tell, there's still a lot to hash through on this. I mean, it's just there's so much unknown. But there's excitement, right? I mean, think about – I was thinking about the excitement of a softball series against Alabama. Or, you know, everyone thinks football or baseball going to Baton Rouge again, or or basketball in a rough arena. This is such a big deal across the board for OU Athletics. You want to get there. You want it to happen. But you also want to do it when you're ready and whenever you're able to do it in the most financially feasible way. All right, it's 11.37 on the Plank Show. When we come back, let's finally hit our news and top five stories of the day right here on the Home of Center Fans. All right, let's get after it. Um, Plank Show, 11.42. On a Wednesday morning, Sooner Softball today is all in on practice. Uh, they're going to head over to the University of Hawaii, get a workout in. Um, I'm going to have a podcast that will drop later tonight. It'll be short and brief. Hope Coach Castle will be able to join me, but um, that'll, be, that'll be fun. So we got that. And then we finally got games. So what do you say, Josh? We finally give the people what they want. Let's hit the top five stories of the day with big story number five. Number five. So it is Wednesday, which means the start of March Madness slash, I hate to say major conference tournaments because it's a little bit unfair. I know the major, mid-major conversation has kind of started to, to dwindle just a little bit. But, Josh, we get the start of the Big 12 tournament tonight. Let's go. Uh, the Big 12 game this evening, 6 o'clock, Kansas State, West Virginia. That winner moves on to a Thursday afternoon showdown with Kansas. Texas and TCU will start the day at 11.30 a.m. Oklahoma will play Baylor tomorrow night at 6 p.m. And as I mentioned, we got a full slate of games today. Um, I don't think any ranked teams are in action. I was trying to update that, but... For instance, the Big Sky Championship first round is taking place. Uh, the ACC tournament is off to the second round. Florida, Syracuse leads Florida State 39-22 to as we speak. Uh, the Mountain West Conference gets underway. The Pac-12 tournament gets underway. 
the Big East tournament gets underway, and the SEC tournament gets underway. In fact, the SEC tournament has a pretty big one um, coming up, so we'll get to all of that um, as the show rolls on. I saw that. Is this right? Yeah, okay. West Virginia, Kansas State tonight. I just saw that, and it threw me off. Uh, semifinals in the America East. Anything jumping out at you here? Colgate plays Navy in the Patriot League Championship. All of it. I, I can't wait. I'll, of course, be watching, even though maybe I should be watching something else. I'll be taking in Kansas State, West Virginia tonight sure. to see how the start of the Big 12 tournament, how that plays out. I'd imagine this is going to be the bitter end of a not good season at all for West Virginia and kind of wonder what the future looks like there. Yeah. I mean, any yeah. chance that there's – some sort of a surprise in Huggins says, you know what, I'm done. Ooh. If I were to say over under Big 12 coaching vacancies this offseason, and I put it at one and a half, would you take the over or the under? Oh, man, that's a great number because I, I think Bruce Weber's out, so that's one. So he's a surprise. Does someone try to come get Mike Boynton? Does, you know, I, I don't think, you, you start thinking about it, right? Bill Self's not going anywhere. Scott Drew's not going anywhere. I mean, Tech, Texas, they're pretty set. Oklahoma's pretty set. Pretty set. Con, con, incredibly set. I mean, you meant, it would only be something shocking with Bob Huggins, right? right. Iowa State's got a first-year coach. Jamie Dixon seems pretty happy down in, in Fort Worth, it's tough. One and a half. Think about it. I would say right, think, I, I would say the under. All right, me too. I would right now because I think Bruce Weber is the only guy out. Big story number four. Number four. I want to be quickly here. There is good news in the baseball negotiations today. The MLB and the MLPA, uh, MLBPA picked up talks on their new CBA this morning. Deep into the night discussions, actually produced enough progress towards a potential deal that the league put off canceling another batch of regular season games. 17 hours of bargaining went until the, uh, 2 a.m. locally. 97th day of the lockout, second longest work stoppage in baseball history. Baseball had threatened to cancel the season second week, but they, they withdrew the ultimatum after it seemed like some progress was being made. So fingers crossed there. All right, big stories three and two kind of tie together. So big story number three. Number three. Aaron Rodgers stays, which then led to big story number two. Number two. Russell Wilson got traded um, to the Denver Broncos. I saw this on Twitter, and I think it's a really good point for both. Jason, uh, Mike Florio, this morning, tweeted six years after Peyton Manning retired, the Broncos finally have a quarterback in Russell Wilson. Thought about it. Jason Cole tweeted this. Just for perspective, 23 years after Dan Marino retired, the Dolphins are still looking. 29 years since Bernie Kosar left the Browns. Now we could debate about um, the fifth that Baker Mayfield has been, right? 37 years since Joe Theismann left Washington. They haven't had a quarterback. The Jets, Joe Namath, 46 years. Now you might say, but Mark Sanchez took him to two AFC championship games, but again, that was it. He was gone. Uh, and then Eric Burkhardt this morning tweeted, 
Years ago, I asked Jerry Jones what he believes his biggest regret has been as an NFL owner. And some will say, oh, well, it has to be firing Jim Johnson and blah, blah, blah. Jerry Jones didn't hesitate and said, quote, not having a, su- a succession plan when Troy retired. Cost us 10-plus years in my prime despite all these great players we had come through in those years. So I say kudos to Denver for going out. I'm envious of it, man. I love it. They realize that they've sucked at drafting quarterbacks, and it's a crapshoot anyway, and they don't have an Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, and they didn't have a chance to draft Justin Herbert. Josh, as much as I hate it for the division, I love it. They swung and missed on Aaron Rodgers. He stayed at Green Bay. Green Bay might have a pretty good succession plan in place in a couple years. Denver struggled at it, and they go and they get one of the best quarterbacks we thought was going to be available this offseason. Hey, and they paid a hefty price. Two first rounds, two seconds. Noah Fancy, good player. Shelby Harris, good player. And what was the other draft pick they gave up as well? I know they uh, – Seven. Yeah, and so, okay, uh, got a fourth rounder back. That's great. It's a hefty price to pay. Sure. But as I've said and I've said and I've said, and I don't know we, – we need to have this conversation weekly, I think, for folks, certainly at least monthly – Draft picks are not guarantees, people. I don't care if they're first-round picks. I don't care if they're second-round picks. When you can get Russell Wilson, you get Russell Wilson. And this is a formula that has worked for Denver in the past to the tune of a Super Bowl championship with Peyton Manning. So I really I just applaud them for getting this deal done, not continuing to wait around and wallow in mediocrity. This was a big-time move, and – Denver won the trade. As of today, Denver won the trade. And here's what blows my mind. And I know we got a big story number one. Here's what blows my mind. What? Why would Seattle do this? I mean, they were – I went through this the other night. It's not like they've been stuck in the middle the last ten years. And I guess you could even go last five years. They were bad last year because Russell Wilson got hurt. Right? But they won the West at 12 and 4 in 2020. They finished second with an 11 and 5 record in 2019. Like, what are we doing? Russell Wilson was the Walter Payton man of the year. Totally panicked. I I, I do too. Totally panicked here. And, you know, I know we're running long here, but. Remember, it wasn't that long ago that Green Bay had a down season, and now, lo and behold, uh, Aaron Rodgers is the apple of the NFL's eye again, back-to-back MVPs, and he gets a mega deal. So, to me, when you have that type of quarterback, you don't panic and pull the trigger this quickly. Seattle screwed this thing up, big time. Aaron Rodgers had a down year. Green Bay started work on its succession plan. It motivated him where he went back to being one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL and they still have a young quarterback that they can not rush in. Seattle totally panicked. All right, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. I'm in Hawaii with OU softball, and OU Pro Day is going on as we speak. We'll wrap up with some news and notes from campus and from the beach right here on The Wrap. One minute. Sorry. When we get going on the news, that's what happens. So for those that don't typically and traditionally get to listen to the early part of the show, that's that's when it usually kicks off the 11 o'clock hour. Nonstop news, nonstop takes, updates, whatever you need. We got you here on the Plank Show. Um, Pro Day, nothing really shocking from Pro Day. Uh, we, we watched LaRon Stokes try to put himself in position 
for a, 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 maybe a free agent invite, ran the 40 well. Looks like Tyrese Robinson and Jeremiah Hall re-ran the 40. Uh, and overall, just, you know, kind of a, a low-key chill pro day. And Josh, I mean, what again, we're going to talk about this a lot tomorrow on the show, but kind of, I think the sense is that everyone feels pretty confident about Josie having a chance to set this mark on Thursday. Um, I know she wants to do it in front of her family. Um, I think it's pretty cool that we're out here at Hawaii uh, to have this opportunity. But, I mean, you couldn't ask if it wasn't going to happen um, in a game-winning situation or in front of the home crowd. Pretty cool to have it happen potentially here in Hawaii, right? Baylor, if you take a dive for us on this one, we won't take a dive for you later, but we might take it a little bit easier on you. <laughs> Again, I don't understand the mindset. I don't understand the approach. You play to win the game, and none of these teams are playing. Cal's coach is a little bit gritty. I think she's one of those that might challenge your girls, Joe, to go out there and try to get uh, Jossie out. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, it's going to be a, a fascinating week ahead. All right, thanks to Jason Kersey for joining us. Patty's going to join us tomorrow uh, here in Hawaii on game day, so that's going to be pretty fun uh, as we're, we're on the beach, baby. Let's go. Steely and Zuna do coming up next. Everyone, was, was, hey, by the way, I know we got to go, but was the breakout factor as high as you expected it from Sooner fans without the commits from over the weekend, Josh, or do you think they're handling it well? I think everybody's, man, it's a goose fraba with Brent. Venable's leading the yep. show. Everybody's just, ah, it'll be all right. <laughs> We're good. We'll see you tomorrow. Josh, I'm playing.